Wednesday's edition of the show. I'm Michelle Turner. Now you're going to hear me, but you're not necessarily going to see me. Okay? So, in the studio with me today, I have members of the Amistad Committee, New Haven's Amistad Committee. You'll see when I switch the phone back around, Michael Carter, who is a board member, and you'll also see Kai Perry. And what we're going to do is discuss their upcoming event. Who was Christopher Columbus? It's going to take place at United Congregational Church, the Dixwell United Congregational Church, of course on Dixwell Avenue, and they have a guest to come in and discuss just what Christopher Columbus really means in a historical way and what he might mean to the public but it's a very different view and the guest they're going to have is Everett G. Tall Oak Whedon Jr. and he is someone who has really developed a lot of facts about Columbus and kind of challenges what we know what we've studied and what we don't know about Christopher Columbus. So I'm going to turn this back around so you can see my guest. Okay? So first of all, I'm going to say thank you for being patient with me. Appreciate your time. And why Christopher Columbus? And why now, as we get close to Thanksgiving, but we've passed Columbus Day, what's the significance of talking about Christopher Columbus? Or is this something that can be done year-round? I think it's something that we can always talk about. Um, but I do think we wanted it somewhat close to Columbus Day and, you know, this season. But we weren't tied to any particular day. Mm -hmm. um, and with all of the different um, conversations going on throughout the country right now mm -hmm. about getting rid of Columbus Day and maybe, you know, renaming it Indigenous Peoples Day. Right. We just thought maybe we can get together and start that conversation here in New Haven. Yeah, the purpose of the Amistad Committee is to educate and inform uh, individuals so they can make their own decisions. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a lot of myths uh, and um, perpetuated as well as uh, facts unknown. And what was done similar with the Paul Robeson uh -huh. play and uh, Frederick Douglass, uh, we're here to continue to educate and uh, inform the public to make better decisions. So, previous to our starting the recording, you were talking about, you were giving some real facts about Christopher Columbus and what you had learned. Can you share that? Okay. Uh, I studied at the University of Granada in Granada, Spain, um, you know, Spanish language, history, mm -hmm. art, uh, literature, and there was, I always thought Christopher Columbus was uh, a 
of Spanish descent, but apparently uh, later to learn he's of Italian descent. Uh, he went to several kings and countries in Europe trying to expedite his trip to the West Indies, and he did get funded uh, by Italy and some other countries, so he ended up getting uh, funded by Queen Isabella, who at that time, Spain was a very powerful country and wanted to be the most dominant country in the world. Uh, particularly, her desire also was to move the Vatican to Spain. Hmm. So this opportunity that initially she denied funding Columbus, she eventually uh, funded uh, his expedition to the West Indies, which ended up not being the West Indies, it ended up being off the coast of America, Hispaniola, which is formerly Haiti and now Haiti, Dominican Republic. But it was for Queen Isabella to expand the uh, borders of Spain, the Catholic Kingdom, and to be the most powerful uh, country in the world. And what's even more symbolic of that is the bullfight. The bull represents Spain conquering the world, and, and, the, and the bull represents the world. So that was put in perspective uh, through my studies and travel uh, in Spain, particularly southern Spain, which was dominated and conquered by the Moors for 600 years. At least, yes, yeah. as far as we know. Could be longer. So we know that Leif Erikson was credited before Columbus and Vikings before Leif. Mm -hmm. So why is it so important in either one of you's opinion? I know you're not historians per se, but why is it that we focus so much on Christopher Columbus? What makes him so special? Hmm. I mean, I think that's I think that's the question we want to ask the community and why we're having this event in the first place because, um, I mean, I just remember the stories from school and I don't remember much, but I remember <laughs> having to memorize the Nina, the Pinta, and the Santa, Santa Maria. Maria and, you know, I've met people, um, friends who still believe that Christopher Columbus discovered America, you know, other adults. Um, so... What, what exactly was your question again? Why? I guess my question is why why is the focus always put on Columbus? Because he's, <clears throat> is it because he's credited for discovering America? Oh, well, from my perspective, look, we have uh, state capitals, cities, schools, universities. There's statues. Of Christopher Columbus. We have one here in Worcester Square. And um, he, but I think what's important when when I was in elementary school and junior high, you know, Christopher Columbus discovered America. When I got to high school, uh, one of my professors talked about who was America named after. Was it named after Columbus or named after Amerigo Vespucci, right. the choreographer, who at that time, the world was not considered flat. It was considered to be in a sphere. And the map makers and cardiologists had that. Then another cardiologist came along named Thalabu, and he followed up on 
Vespucci's renderings of America, and uh -huh. he renamed the continent that we know today America, which is from the, the English version of Vesp Amerigo Vespucci. So that's how he's got his name, and it showed up on the maps as America, while Columbus was down in the West Indies, per se, and, and he came close, but he did not, quote-unquote, discover America, and I think this is what every tall Oak Wing's going to talk about, because mm -hmm. there were indigenous people here who were Native Americans and American Indians, and then I've read a, a few books in the past that says even Africans had sailed to America. So. Yeah, Van Sertima talks mm -hmm. about how they got caught in the current and went around, and that's how we've got different things. The statues on Easter Island, mm -hmm. some of the Inca renderings of brown people in boats. Um, so it's that credit has, has been claimed. It has been talked about. But when we talk about Columbus in this day and age, we have a tendency to discredit him because it is the feeling, as you just said, it's a thing of where he didn't discover America. He brought plague, he brought disease, he brought, um, he brought in people who possibly killed off the Native American, the indigenous people. So when you start to look at it from that standpoint, this is where history starts to take a turn. But Columbus is, is also credited for not having uh, authentic portraits, so we really don't know what he looks like. Um, the Italians claim him as well as the Spanish. So in a lot of ways, he's still a mystery. Even after all these years later. He is a mystery. That's why we're here to educate, inform, and let people make their own decisions. And not to be judgmental. So, what do you hope that Mr. Tall Oak Whedon is going to bring to us? What, what is his message? What does he usually frame his, his talks around? Well, he's a Native American... Um, historian and tribal leader so he will talk from the Native American perspective as well as from other indigenous people that were here in America and give his perspective about what Columbus Day means, what Christopher Columbus means and the things that we should know and research and find out for ourselves. Because I think for the most part when you start to talk about Columbus and you look at it from outside of the history books, then it comes to light that this whole so-called discovery was really a mistake. That he was headed in one direction, and because of the winds and the misreading by some of his uh, sailors, the charts put them in a whole different direction. So this discovery was not necessarily a discovery. It was more of a mistake. Well, his mistake or his navigation error led others behind him to come to what we know as America and we know the history 
uh, that followed, which was one of slavery and, and poverty and oppression. Uh, but I think it's important that uh, people know about the history of this continent that we call America before the Spaniards and the British and the Italians and others came uh, to this land. <laughs> Excuse me. I'm hoping that tall oak Whedon will also talk about why, you know, why, who, what audacity uh, of any person to go anywhere and think that you've discovered a place. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, when people are already there. Right, when the people yeah. are already there. So maybe you discovered a place for, you know, um, that no one in your country maybe knew about. A new about, yeah. Right, but to say that you've discovered a place, and, and to me that's, I, I hope that leads to a conversation just about colonialism mm. in general and perhaps some type of Eurocentric um where these Eurocentric ideals come from of, you know, power and control and why they, I just think it's a lot deeper than that. Like, how do you, what made them even think that they're superior um, originally? But I think, I think that's probably the crux of everybody's concern mm -hmm. now with Columbus. Mm -hmm. The fact that A, people were already in this sphere. Mm -hmm. in this hemisphere. <laughs> Second piece is that with that it wasn't a pleasant experience for those natives that were already here. Right. So why do we support him so much? And I think it's dare I say it it's 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 definitely a root in this in this hemisphere for systemic racism. Right. Because with this, the slave trade begins. With this, so when you start to talk about Columbus, you have to look at things from a very different perspective. And I think when you bring in someone as knowledgeable as Everett G. Tall Oaks Whedon, then it becomes a question of do people do their research or do they come in and listen with an open mind and really try to get why we place Columbus where we have in our history. Well, we are hoping that people are listening to this broadcast and will come out, bring their families and friends so they can learn more and also perhaps you know contribute to the dialogue. Uh, the Amistad Committee is here to open minds, educate and inform and I'm sure uh, Mr. Uh, Wheaton is going to have a lot of interesting facts and stories and that are archaeologically based and uh, it will you know in textbooks today it's, it's now acknowledged that Columbus did not quote-unquote discover America. Mm -hmm. uh, they go into the indigenous people and, and others that came before Columbus, but that myth is still prevalent. And I think that myth needs to be demystified, and people need to know the facts and the truth. And in 1955, there was a professor up uh, in one of the New England College who wrote, 
an expose on Christopher Columbus mm -hmm. that catches up 25 years later in the United States with, oh, he didn't really discover this continent and all the other negative things that came along with that, uh, that exploration. But now, I know that, again, you've had Paul Robeson, you had a production about his life and significant things. You've had Frederick Douglass over the summer. Why is it so important that now we, or the Amistad Committee decided this was one of the things that they would explore? Why did the committee say, let's talk about Christopher Columbus? Well, I think considering the times, we're in this present time, we have you know, people that like to say fake news, Mm -hmm. and distort facts and truths and ignore, you know, indigenous people, you know. And I think it's important that we, we understand where these uh, myths uh, and misfacts come from mm -hmm. and that, you know, people are using that today to misinform us and also as a, a, a way of controlling the masses uh, and giving people there do. And when we, when I should say, when I shouldn't say we, but when you all are looking at this as an issue, I know Kai that you said you hope that people would really try to understand what this whole myth is all about, mm -hmm. you know, and and look at it from a historical perspective. Mm -hmm. But is this something that the Amistad Committee felt people would really pay attention to? Or is it something they felt like, you know what, we need to enlighten people? Because you've bought very interesting people here mm -hmm. over the past six to eight months. I think it's both. I think it's kind of a trending topic, like I said, with a lot of the indigenous people's day um, concerns of, you know, changing the name from Columbus Day. Um, and I think it's a hot topic amongst um, young people as well, um, millennials. And so I do think it, it's drawing it may draw a different crowd than we can we normally reach, mm -hmm. which is exciting. But again, there are a lot of those folk in the community who are still either believe the myth or are, are just need to be educated about what really happened. What really happened and what this is. Yeah. And things are happening nationally. I have a friend who's going to be inducted to the Hall of Fame um, down in Atlanta, and he was. Um, one of four individuals that they weren't the first blacks to go to the University of Kentucky. They were the first blacks to play football at the University of Kentucky. Mm -hmm. And then after Kentucky integrated, they also integrated the rest of the SEC, which is Alabama, Auburn, where it's used before yeah. you didn't see an African American yeah. player. And uh, they put a statue of those four individuals outside the state of Lexington, Kentucky, which when I was a kid was a very bad place. I lived in Louisville. Okay. But what the other side of that is also they're taking down Confederate statues, right. which are right. within a mile's walking distance of that stadium. So there is some momentum here. 
and not to remove statues per se, but once folks find out certain things, uh, they're able to take positive action and recognize those who have been lost in history. So, well, that's, that's a feat within itself, you know, because as someone who attended an HBCU and someone who grew up, so to speak, with the idea of, as part of my school's history, the integration of lunch counters, it has always been something that sticks with me that, you know, there are still people who believe that these four young men who walked up out of a dormitory and decided to, on their own, integrate a lunch counter were plants of the NAACP. In fact, my, my daughter came home once and said, Ma, my teacher said that they were plants of the NAACP and I had to tell him no. And she was in fifth grade and the teacher was a little sour with her. She said, no, my mother's a graduate of A&T and so I've been knowing this history since I could talk. So no, this is not right. And she asked the teacher, she said, do you want my mom to come in and tell the story? So he was a little, you know, miffed with her. So in a lot of ways, a lot of history over the past four to five years, even the past 10 years of this decade, has started to become debunked. Mm -hmm. And so when you start to talk about people like Columbus, when you have Paul Robeson here, when you have uh, Frederick Douglass here to talk about the things that have been forgotten, mm -hmm. it seems that this is something that falls into place with all of that. Mm -hmm. Because, <coughs> excuse me, we don't have real sources. No. And it's very difficult to look back at people of color or what happened to people of color even 90 years ago. Mm -hmm. Because while we had historians, we didn't necessarily have people who wrote that history. Mm -hmm. We didn't have them in mass. And so now when we look back through a different lens, so to speak, um, things like this are necessary mm -hmm. because then it does invoke the dialogue that we were talking about earlier. Mm -hmm. It does get people to see that there's a real probability that maybe all of this is not what it's said to be. Mm -hmm. So how did you come about choosing Mr. Whedon? Uh, well, he's nationally uh, <coughs> known and uh, is an expert in this area and uh, I'm uh, have a couple of doctors where he's speaking at several universities and towns talking about the uh, Native American experience and the social, political, and economic imp implications of uh, enslavement and indigenous people and what that means today. So next, you know, the next logical step is, uh, you know, th those folks who are continuing to be uh, oppressed and, and mistreated so he has a lot to say he's um, uh, well versed uh, on the Native American history and as well as uh, African American history because you know there were um, uh, 
Native Americans and Africans that came together. And so uh, there are several tribes that have, mm -hmm. you know, uh, African roots. So uh, only thing I can tell you, and, and Katya just come out on Thursday, <laughs> November the 9th, to hear what Mr. Tall Queen has to say and be part of the discussion and the dialogue. And hopefully in February we'll have another event, an idea I proposed, uh, that maybe we can get uh, two character actors to portray two historical figures mm -hmm. that have New Haven roots, mm -hmm. Dear Washington and W.E. Du Bois, and wouldn't it be nice, although they had interchanges and letters and et cetera, there never was, I think, really a formal debate mm -hmm. between the two about there are different views upon segregation and integration and uplifting uh, our race. So we hope we can work with either one of the university's drama schools or one of the high schools to put together a script and put on this production. And that will be in February? Hopefully, yes. Hopefully. So, after that, what are we looking at for 2018 from the committee? Can you tell us any ideas that you guys have kind of put out there? Well, we have a lot of discussion in our meeting, so I don't want to be too presumptuous, but <laughs> we'll come back and let you know. Oh, yeah, we'll definitely come back. And a lot of times we are responding to what's going on currently, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, whether it be in the news or just right here in New Haven. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes we don't know mm -mm. <laughs> much, you know, too much, too far in advance um, because we want to respond to what the community needs. And how you can put the message out there, mm -hmm. at least give them knowledge, mm -hmm. right? So what would you, and in saying what I've just said, what would you want the public to know about this event? Why is it important that they come out? I think it's important for individuals to come out to get to look at the history and tie that to what is going on in contemporary society so they can make better informed decisions mm -hmm. for themselves and family and loved ones and for them to be able to, to to know and understand and be able to take a position that says we know uh, what our history is and we're not going to be um, taken over by misfacts or facts fake that are news. not fake news etc. And we hope it eventually will become a movement. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Mm -hmm. Kai Perry, Michael Carter, I thank you both, board members of the Amistad Committee. They are holding a free public forum next Thursday, November 9th, 5.30 p.m. at the Dixwell Congregational Church. Everett G. Tall Oak Whedon Jr., who is an indigenous person who is part of the American Indian Movement, will be here to discuss who was Christopher Columbus. And we really, truly hope that you all can come out, spend some time, bring your family, bring your friends, educate yourselves. All right? And it's going to be a Dixwell Congregational Church. And that is on Dixwell Avenue across from the Stetson Library. In fact, 
going to be a groundbreaking Saturday for the Q House. So by then, you cannot miss where United Congregational is. And we really hope that you do come out and support the Amistad Committee. Thank you. We'll see you soon. This has been the show on WNHH 103.5 FMLP. You never know who's going to be on the show. One minute rhymes that don't come out right They bite, they never write, that's not polite Am I lying? No, you're quite right Well tonight, on this very mic, you're about to hear We swear, the best star rappers of the year So, so, cheerio, yell, scream, bravo Also, if you didn't know, this is called the show